0: All right, good morning everyone. Let's uh, go ahead and, uh, well actually before we get started I wanted to um, say last week, uh, Pastor Huff talked about, you know, a tomb necklace. And I worked almost, almost stood up and interrupted him, but I didn't because uh, actually for Christmas, Renee got me a tomb necklace because that had that same type of study to where it was like what the, what the cross really stood for. And I was like, I would really like one with an open tomb. And she found one for me. So, uh, so that's what I've, I've got on. A, I wear it on the weekends, can't wear jewelry at the work, but uh, like that. So, uh, so they are out there. Um, instead of the cross necklace, there are the empty tomb's necklace, because he is risen and the tomb is empty. So, um, all right, we're going to uh, be in the book of James, the letter of James, excuse me, uh, to t- today, tonight, tomorrow. Uh, this morning, we're going to be in the book of James. We've got everybody with it. Got everybody with it now. So, um, so turn to the uh, James chapter one. And uh, before we uh, dive into the reading, um, let us pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time that we can uh, gather together, um, a a few of us here, most of us uh, in our homes and um, with our family and friends. And we pray that at this time that we can just uh, open your word and, and hear it. And, uh, and, and study it, and, and most importantly, uh, then have the opportunity to, to act it out. And, and that's the key message today. So I pray that your spirit just be, be with us during this time and just uh, just reveal the word to us um, so that we can see what we need to do. It's in your son's precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to be in James chapter 1, and uh, we're going to go to verses 22 through 25. So if you could uh, feel free to read along with me here. He will be blessed in his doing." That's James chapter 1 verses 22 through 25. So, um, so it's talking about the, the being doers of the word. And uh, the title of this message um, is "The James Swoosh." I got corrected by brother Randy a few weeks ago uh, that I said it was the Nike check mark. And I got a text message shortly after the service was getting corrected. It was the Nike swoosh, all right. So, so I studied about that, and because of course the slogan and everything, the history of it. So the Nike swoosh, we first saw it in 1972, and uh, so you know do a little study on it, and it comes from the Greek goddess of victory. Uh, It's named Nike. Um, I'm probably not saying that right. I'm saying probably how it's said today, but it was a Greek goddess of victory. So warriors, uh, after they'd have a victory, they would go around chanting Nike, Nike to each other to celebrate their victory. And the um, swoosh mark was actually, she, she had wings. Um, that mythical figure had wings. And so that check mark, sorry, Randy, that swoosh mark, all right, was a representative of one of her wings um, that they had. So of course, you know, we've probably all got some shoe boxes. Right, like this that's got the Nike swoosh on it or hat. All right, got the Nike swoosh on it. Actually, did do not have a shirt um, that has the Nike swoosh mark on it. Um, so, but that, that was definitely interesting to, to learn a little bit about it. And a lady named Carolyn Davidson, she created the logo back in the late 60s. And then it was, like I said, it was released in the early 70s. And um, she got paid $35 for her work for designing the Nike swoosh. All right. Now, a few years later, they, they, they made it right with her once it became an iconic brand around the world. Uh, but that's where it started. And the original swoosh mark was red and white. It was red and white. And uh, that red stood for the energy and passion and joy. And the white expressed the nobility, purity and charm of the brand. So, OK. All right. That's good. I'm not a big brand guy or marketing guy, but it makes sense to me. All right. And then the, uh, the just do it slogan uh, came out in 1988. And, of course, this is one of the top five slogans in the 20th century. But where this slogan came from is very interesting as well. So Dan um, Wyden, he's the one that pitched and revealed the inspiration of the story. And it actually came from a murderer in Utah. His name was Gary Gilmore, and he was sentenced to death in 1977 because um, he robbed and murdered two men and uh, so right before he got executed he said, he allegedly said let's do it let's do it let's do it before he faced execution so that's a little bit of the history of the nike swoosh and uh, of course it's become like i said one of the most iconic brands but when i think about uh you know that nike the the swoosh and what it stands for you know we have we have the goddess we have religion we have the slogan about people justifying you know before they come to die they've got to face you know death is like there's a lot in that little swoosh mark, right? Uh, But that slogan of just do it is what we're going to talk a little bit about today, but it's being doers of the word. So we're going to go through three things of what this passage talks to us about. The demands of the word, the danger of the word, and the design of the word. So let's jump in and we're going to go back to verse 22 as we look at the demands of the word. All right. So in verse 22, it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. Right. So James uses a lot of imperative sentences. Right. So an imperative sentence is, is simply a command. So, um, uh, Huff, could you hand me that? Yep. See? Right. Huff, Huff, hand me that. All right. That, that's an example. It's okay. You don't have to. You can relax. You can relax. All right. <laughs> right. An imperative sentence. Pass the salt. Right. Pass the salt, you know, do, do this, right? Go, go to bed, take a shower. Those are imperative sentences. And uh, James uses a lot of those in his scriptures, uh, in his writings, right? And, um, and it's very clear. This, he starts off with just a short imperative sentence, but be doers of the word. Do it. He, he calls us to action very quickly. If we look back just before this, in uh, chapter one, verses um, uh, twenty-one, it says, "Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, wickedness, and receive with meekness, excuse me, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls." He's telling us how to hear it. Right? We've got to get rid of the filth and the junk. And um, you know, I'm starting to see some silver linings uh, from this situation. And getting out and um, getting out of our lives is a lot of stuff that we didn't need. Uh, when we were forced to slow down. But we got to get rid of that stuff and we got to put God's Word um, into our hearts and minds. And James calls us clearly to do that. Of we got to hear it, but we have to do the Word. A lot of people like to read. Um, my, my kids love to read, right? And um, uh, Morgan especially loves to read. They had a competition over the summer and just counting books and reading and we actually had to cut off their time at night because they would stay up and read to try to get the most amount of hours. But a lot of people love to read. A lot of people don't like to read the Bible. And why don't they like to read the Bible? Well, think about if you read a history book. It's got a lot of information in it, a lot of interesting facts. You can learn a lot of lessons, but it doesn't require the reader to take any action. Science books, we love it. We love astrology in our family. We read that. It's got a lot of information, a lot of things we can learn from it. But you don't have to do what? You don't have to take any action when you read it. Think about a cookbook. I actually cooked tonight. It was a really good meal, sausage and grits casserole. It was really good. I'm proud of that one. I'm going to put that on my short list. I only have like two things that I cook anyway. So once we get past um, bacon and eggs and pancakes, now i got a third one. All right. So, um, But a cookbook, even a cookbook, you think about it, it provides instructions on how to do things, but it doesn't force anyone to cook. Right? There, there's no action there. But the Bible when we read it prompts us and calls us into action as we read it and really examine our lives. So we're going to turn over now to 2 Corinthians 3:2. 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 2. And Paul writes in this letter, he says, "You yourselves are a letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all." Okay? So Pastor Huff is definitely, he turned me on to J. Vernon McGee, and he said something, uh, he said something many years ago that I just heard this week, right? But he talks about um, when we read a Bible, there's so many different translations of the Bible. And the one that you've probably not heard of is what he calls the doer's translation. The doer's translation. Think about it, as believers of Christ. People see us, and they see our actions. They see what we say. They see what we do. And they've never read the Bible. They know we're a Christian. They know what we're doing. And so what we do is the doer's version of the Bible. What does your translation say? And that was a really just, uh, just call some self-examination um, when we do that. So when we read God's Word in our lives, um, we should be excited about it and, and show it uh, to other people. If we just hear God's Word, right, right? Um, James says we're deceiving who? Are, are, we, are we, yeah, ourselves, right? And um, we're not hurting anyone else. It's, it's ourselves when we, when we do that. Um, but we need to do both. We have to hear it. We have to take it in. And then we have to do something because we're lying to ourselves when we do that. And God's word in James right here is clearly calling us to do that with that command. Okay. Um, J- James says it here to do it. And there's plenty of other verses as well that does it. Uh, declares that so very common verse right philippians 4 13 it says i can i can hear all things no it says i can do all things through christ who strengthens me right right over in the next letter colossians 3 23 through 24 it says whatever you do Work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And then one more to share tonight. Way back in Ezra. This is not just a New Testament principle. Ezra 10.4, the Israelites have got themselves in a little trouble. 10.4, it says, Arise, for it is your task, and we are with you. Be strong and do it. So it goes throughout the whole Bible. It's the theme um, that we are to do as believers in Christ and do those actions. Uh, if you don't believe all of those, go to Matthew 7, 24, Colossians 3, 17, 1 Peter 1:13, and the list goes on and on and on. So the Word of God demands that we have action in our lives and show the love of Christ for others. All right. So next is danger in verse 23 and 24. So let's go back to James. Let's reread this uh, verse 23. It says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. Okay, so the two words you could pick out almost any word, but the two words that I first looked at were intently and and then natural. So when we intently look at God's word, we're not just opening it and setting it right back down. We're going to open it and we're going to read it and we're going to read it and we're going to read it again. And we're going to see it in different ways. We're looking intently. We're going to look with very close attention and eagerness. Um, I set my phone over there in silent, so I didn't interrupt it. But I'm nowhere near the uh, the iPhone 10. All right, anybody else near iPhone 10? I don't think so. All right. but the new iPhone 10 right came out, and a lot of people were complaining about the camera on the iPhone 10. Now, why were they complaining about the camera? They were complaining because the camera was too good. They didn't like it when they took their picture and they could see a blemish on their cheek. They could, didn't like it because they could see, well, you can see the receding hairline, but I don't know if there's actually a hairline at all. But um, you, they could see things that they didn't like about themselves because this camera was so good. But we have to look intently at God's word. And then it says, um, at his natural face, right? So, so this is uh, b- before the makeup. Before the plucking of the eyebrows, before you get all the dirty and grime off, right? What do you naturally look at, right? And you see those things on your face. Uh, My youngest son right now, he's sitting down. he curled up with Renee and I the other day and he just started counting his freckles. It was so cute, right? But see us as we are naturally made, right? And so um, just like a mirror, right, shows us... um, our physical appearance on the outside, what it actually is, a mirror doesn't lie, right? A mirror doesn't lie. Now, I did think about how a mirror could lie. And I remember going to the carnival, and you got those concave mirrors and convex mirrors and those mirrors where you look this tall and you look this tall, or short or tall, right? And, uh, but we're talking about just a straight, straight mirror here. So just like a mirror shows us what we look like on the outside, the Word of God shows us what we look like on the inside. And so let's flip over to Paul in Romans, Romans 7, verse 7. Paul writes here, What then shall we say? That the law is sin by no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, You shall not covet. And he goes down, he's, ta- he's talking about how the New Testament, the, the laws, are, it's showing him how, he, how far he was away from God. And then he says in verse 12, So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Right? So um, here we have the mirror that shows us the outside, the Word of God that shows us the inside. And then uh, our passage in that verse, it says... Um, Verse 24, it says, For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. At once, he forgets very quickly what he looks like. You go to the mirror, right, and you smile and you get, you got a big old piece of broccoli in your teeth, right? A big old piece of broccoli. And you're like, Oh, that's nice. And you just leave it there, right? Doesn't make much sense to do that, right? Or how about the, uh, you know, getting to the teenage years here in my household. What about that pimple on the right side of your head? Oh, that's nice. We're going to leave that there. Hmm. All right. Or how about the big coffee stain on presentation day? Oh, oh, that's a nice little coffee stain there. Oh. Hmm. Okay, well, I'll just leave it there. All right? So when we do that, it doesn't make any sense. Why in the world do we look in the mirror if we're not going to do anything about it? Just like when we open the Word of God and we hear it and we don't do anything about it, it doesn't make any sense how we, why we do that. If we look right here in our passage in James, just back up to chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. All right. So we just looked at a mirror, a biblical mirror right there, and it says, be slow to speak. How many people want to open their mouth and somebody says says something to them? You gotta catch yourself. Right? We do that all the time. How about slow to anger? Bible says, be slow to anger. That mirror's telling you, be slow to anger. Boy, this guy pissed me off in traffic. Alright? You got ha! All right? You gotta slow down. Slow to anger. And we get caught up in all these uh, Ups and downs of life, and we just don't do what the Word of God tells us to do. All right, Isaiah five eleven. Isaiah five eleven says, "Woe to those who rise early in the morning that they may run after strong drink, who tarry in the evening and as wine inflames wine them. Woe to them! Woe, destruction to them!" We read that, but people still can't put down the strong drink. All right? That's what the Word of God's telling us to do—to put it down. All right. You say you say you got your anger under control. Don't have a problem drinking. This one's tough. Jeremiah 9 chapter 9 verse 23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him boast let him who boast boast in this that he understands and knows me, God that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Let not the wise man boast. I did that. Yeah, that was me. That was all me. How will of us want to take credit for the good things and then run in the bad things, but it tells us right here in this, in this biblical mirror that we should not boast. We should give the credit where credit is due. Right? And then one final one here is in Luke chapter 6. Verses 46 through 49, it reads, and this is the build your house on the rock. It says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who has built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of the house was great. We have to build our house on the foundation. And we do that by practicing what that biblical mirror tells us to do. So which mirror are you looking in? Right? Can we sit in these pews um, or any other pew on Sunday morning and just hear the word? Can we we sit around the table in the fellowship hall on Wednesday nights and just hear the Word? Or even worse, do we sit in our morning devotional time and just read the Word and not cause any change or action in our lives? Are we stuck in such a routine that we feel like we're doing the right thing, but we actually don't feel anything inside at all? One author wrote, the problem is that we sing standing on the promises while we are sitting on the premises. All right, that, that was really good. The problem is that we sing standing on the promises while we are sitting on the premises. Just like that biblical mirror, right looks on the inside, think about it this way. Think about that doctor's visit, and you get the news. They look inside of you and something's wrong. You've got a spot on your lung or a mass somewhere in your body. You'd be foolish not to do anything about it. You'd be foolish not to do anything about it. You're going to trust in the Lord, but you have options. Right? You have options today. Not doing anything about it. That's where the danger of this word comes into play from a spiritual aspect. As danger is knowing that you have something wrong in your life, wrong in your heart, wrong on the inside of your character, and not fixing it. You know that you're a sinner, and you do nothing to fix it. The Bible shows us, it pierces our hearts and calls us to actions, right? It says in Hebrews 4.12, that pierces into the soul and their spirit to change us, to make our version of ourselves more Christ-like. Right. So think about, think about the mirror um, here. Here's, a, here's an illustration that I read. It was, it was really good. It was many years ago, many years ago in eastern Tennessee, many years ago, now this is 50, 60 years ago, so think about this, in eastern Tennessee, there's this group of tourists that goes up into the mountains. And uh, they camp there for a week. And, uh, you know, there's some mountaineers around. They don't they bother them or anything. But, so the campers leave after about a week. They've had a good time. And one of the mountaineers, he goes up and he's searching around the, webs- uh, the campsite website. <laughs> Different generations. And he's searching around the uh, campsite and he finds a mirror. And he's never seen a mirror before. And so he picks up this mirror and he looks at it. He looks intently at this mirror. And he says, well, I never knew my dad had a picture taken because he'd never seen a mirror. He didn't realize he was looking at himself. And he cherished that because he knew that was a picture of his daddy. So he takes that mirror, he puts it in his pocket, he goes back to the house, and it's really sentimental to him now. So he goes up and he tries to hide it upstairs just in a safe place, and his wife sees him his wife sees him. And so after he leaves, she goes upstairs and she gets that mirror out. And she ain't never seen a mirror before either. And she looks in that mirror and she's getting mad. And she says, oh, that's the old hag he's been running around with. Right? So, right, I heard this, right, one time. Make you laugh to make you listen. Right? I love that line too. But the point of that is that we read the Word of God We read it, and we think it's a picture of somebody else, but it's really a picture of ourselves. So that's the danger of the Word if we miss that, that the Word of God is showing us what His standard of holy perfection is and that we need to live up to. But we can only live up to it with His help and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So we have the demands of the Word, the danger of the Word, and now the design of the Word in verse 25. So verse twenty five states. It says, "But away, oh excuse me. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing." Now I love equations and I love formulas. So don't put numbers on this. But if you if you are comfortable reading excuse me, not reading, but writing in your Bible or highlighting, look at this. Underline these few things. All right. So, but the one who looks, right, looks, so circle or or underline looks and the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, underline or circle perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, underline or circle doer who acts. He will be blessed and blessed is the fourth thing. Circle that. All right. So I put in mind that one is looks, two is perseveres, three is a doer who acts, and that equals a blessed Christian in their walk. Those three things, looks, perseveres, and does, and they will be blessed. That is a promise of God. The world tries to tell us, now let's go back up here because we have the law of liberty. I love that, the perfect law, the law of liberty. The world tries to tell you and tries to tell me that God's rules are restricting us and obeying them, um, but obeying them rather than being a slave to sin is actually freeing. It's actually freeing when we obey God's commands. So two illustrations uh, to to make that point. Think about the uh, freeway. Think about the freeway. 81 is the closest we got here, right? But imagine it's more open than 81, (laughs) but we go through a freeway and we cruise down that road 60 65 70 miles an hour there there's rules right there's lines to keep us between there's signs to guide us in the right direction right and we can veer off that road if we want to but that doesn't do us any good right when sin drags us off in that freeway off that freeway bad things can happen but if we stay between the lines if we stay there then we can arrive safely at our wonderful, eternal destination. So we've got the freeway, and then think about the train on the tracks. Huff was picking on me about a prop. And you betcha you I got a prop. Think about that train on the tracks. Yeah. Train on the tracks. Remember that. Make a point. So imagine God's word, right, is, is the tracks. right? God's word is the tracks in our lives. And... Um, you know, the train can go off those tracks, right? And it can go through the trees, go through the forest, go through the neighborhoods, and bad things are going to happen. But if we stay on those tracks, God's word is designed to show us the way in which we live, right? And we think about the laws that we have. You actually can't Google the amount of laws, because I tried, of how many laws we actually have in the United States. There's no way to know all the laws that we have. And Google doesn't even tell you, right? But, and actually, I got some funny ones. The kids looked up some funny ones for me. Because these were, they got this atlas for a on trip. All right, so I got three funny laws for you. I guarantee you didn't know these. Arkansas, it is illegal to walk your cow down Main Street after 1 p.m. on Sundays. In Florida, this one hurts me, Florida, it's illegal to fish while driving across a bridge. And in Iowa, it's illegal for the ice cream truck to have music playing, right? There's just so many laws out there, right? So many laws out there. There's no way that we can obey them. But this right here is the only law that we need. When Christ shows us, right, love your neighbor as yourself, love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, body, strength, love Him. everything else hinges on that everything else hinges on that right. next word persevere persevere we talked about looking in the word we persevere right so persevere is, is a really strong and, and in this and in this letter that james writes the church is facing persecution we're, we're not facing persecution right now we are going through different times right um, But he's talking about persevering uh, to the church that's undergoing persecution. But our challenge here, when I look at persevere, is that we have to live for Christ every day, no matter where we're at. No matter where God puts us, what situation, uh, who we're around, that's what we have to do. Each day, every day, we have to walk um, in the tracks that God has put before us. All right, And so he looks, perseveres, and a doer who acts. So the other day, uh, my wife and I, we were sitting at the dinner table and we were like, well, we want to help, but we don't know. How do you do? How can you how can you do anything right now? How can you do anything? How can you act? And there's still plenty of ways to help and act right now in the midst of this COVID-19. All right. So I'm going to list a few just in case you haven't realized different ways uh, that you can still uh, be a doer of God's word in this time. right? First and obvious is to donate to the charity of your, of your choice, right? If you're those that are still deemed essential and have a steady paycheck, find a local charity that, that you want to give to. Not just the first person that calls you, but, but what does God think about it? Where, where do you need to put God's resources that He's given you? Um, the other ones are food banks. Food banks are drastically down at this time, right? Um, even the, I was on a text thread the other day, you know, Jefferson County Community Ministries. They need spam, chili, jelly, right? They're really low on syrup. You know, be specific. Be specific um, when you're trying to serve and do that. Um, think about website or graphic design. How many things are going to the internet? Hello, us, right? And, uh, but, but people need those skills uh, to website, graphic design, volunteering. Um, a call tree, right? Call, call somebody um, that, that you know needs a, a positive message. Uh, donating blood, right? Those are still things that are, that are hurting, and they, they can call and schedule an appointment. Uh, this is one I haven't tried yet, but I think I'm going to do it this week. And uh, so if you get a, a random invite from me, uh, a virtual meal, a virtual meal where you, where you uh, FaceTime, Maybe somebody's got another iPhone and you set them a spot at the table and you just set your phone up there and they can join you together and they can have a meal together as a virtual meal. It's different, I know, but it's different times. But think about it. you can still invite people into your homes and share the message of Christ with them. Um, volunteers are still needed at these places and and most of them have implemented the the proper social distancing measures and limiting the number of people so um, you know if you're not in an at-risk category um, be smart be safe Uh, but you can still help most importantly and i think one of the most biblically is literally don't forget your neighbor at this time don't forget your neighbor mark 12 31 says love your neighbor as yourself If you're running out to Dollar General, ask them what they need. Ask them what they need. Domino's has non-contact delivery. You can do non-contact delivery too. But ask them what they need so you can be a doer of God's Word. So looking, persevering, and acting and doing will result in God's blessings. Let's turn to Psalms 1. Psalms 1. I'm going to read 1 through 2. It says, Blessed is the man... "...who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night." Blessings, we meditate on his word day and night. So in the midst of this time, we are still called to be doers of God's word. So it's time that we can still just do it. But we aren't doing it for ourselves. We aren't doing it for the Greek goddess Nike. We're doing it for others because when we serve others, we lift up who? We lift up Christ in our lives and we glorify God the Father. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 32, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw people to myself. So are you drawing people to Christ? What does your version, what does your translation look like? As we all need to draw people to Christ. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you, Lord, for this time that we could come together and open up your word. And, you know, as many of us or several of us are definitely our, our social activities have changed, it, it's it's still just a burning desire to, to just help people and, and to spread your word and and give them virtual hugs and uh, or, or air hugs uh, when we come outside that boundary. But it, it's just we love you and we want to lift you up in everything um, that we do. So, so th- that's my challenge um, for, th- for the few here and, and the many that are listening. I just pray that uh, they can take action in their lives. Let them see ways that they can lift them up, not for themselves, but to glorify. Most importantly, glorify you in your name so that that translation can just, just shout, Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you.